Can you imagine having the control alt delete function in life? We did, and that's how we came up with this podcast. Get ready to enter a world where we tackle the things you think but dare not say, where nothing is off limits and everything is fair game. Often known to be direct, we wanted to bring our conversation to you. Sometimes we problem solve, sometimes we just vent. Come on in, take your shoes off, grab your favorite bevy, and let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our special edition of Control-Alt-Delete. We um, are going to talk to you about, obviously, something that's going on for all of us, but also something that's a little bit personal for me this week, having, well, we're talking about corona and how it's affected everybody and how it affected me and my family in my house. And as always, I am here with Beck. Hi, everyone. Look how that, I just like... I'm ready to go. Straight away. Go like, in. Straight <laughs> in today. Yes. So proud. Yeah, yeah. I know, me too. Well, oh. I would just like to mention first up before we talk about you, I have yeah. something that I would like to say. Please. I have the worst doms. <laughs> so for those who don't well, know. Well, you're, you're talking and you look happy, so it can't be that bad. Well, I'm sitting. No, but. <laughs> We should film you getting out of the chair. Can you do that to to put on our socials? Uh, So Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness, for those who don't know. Um, So it's when you're sore as hell after a workout and you go to sit on the toilet and you fall from halfway. Like sore, sore, sore. I feel like you've been telling me you've got Dom's for like the last, I don't know, weekly for the last four weeks. But what they tell me is that you're like so good at what you do. You push yourself so hard that you're always sore. Well, what's really funny is my husband, who doesn't work out with me and doesn't do any of those things, doesn't work out. He obviously was sick. Doesn't work out. Does both. Yeah. (laughs) He he yesterday was obviously sick of hearing me like I am so sore. Why are you not giving me any sympathy? Because he's normally like, if it hurts, you should just stop. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know what it is? And I was like, what? And he's like, well, the first time in forever, you've got the opportunity to just focus on you. To do your actual workout and your technique and pushing yourself and in your own head and you push yourself really hard. Yeah. I was like, wow, you have actually nailed it. Did he just like pretend to drop a mic and walk out of the room? I know. I was (laughs) like, just was like. You're spot on. And he's like, you yeah. need to go and put your legs in the creek, which I'm actually going to do today. It's oh, God. Can you film that too? Yes. Yeah, content sure. galore today. You are. Uh, but it is like they are, they are so sore. I cannot believe. For those of you that want to know the impact of putting your legs in the creek, I mean, it has been summer, but it's cold. Yeah, it's raining today too. Um, so Rob's kind of doing the same, is that he's decided to do a workout every day in April. And he's gone because, you know, how else would you recover from coronavirus? Um, and I'm just not fighting it. And he's gone on the stationary bike, which is like an intense bike. And he's so sore. And a bit of me was like, you know, when you're seeing someone, so I'm like Sam in this situation. And I'm like, you look fine. But I know what Dom's feels like, obviously. And I, but he was like, I just don't understand why I'm so sore. And I'm like, dude, you have been traveling flat out for work. You haven't been doing your normal workouts. And now you've just gone back to riding your bike for two hours at a time. I feel like you're smart enough to know that that's what it was. I'm sitting here and I can feel my hamstrings and glutes like pulsating. 
Oh, like, I feel I'm like you're so... like a bee stick away from an injury. No, <laughs> because it's it's all in my legs. You're like it's, it's in. Not it's not in like, like one. Yeah, no. it's even. That's the thing about doms. It's even. It doesn't discriminate. And so any way you move, it hurts. Mm. Yeah, I just did this grimace face. Love while it. I'm sitting here. Um, there was something else I was going to say when you said about Rob, but I could come back to that. I lost my train of thought. Mm. So today we are going to go a little bit deeper about mm. you, Amanda, today. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyone who's listening to the replay, obviously, whether it could be sometime down the track, whether yeah. we could be, you could be out of isolation and be like, oh, remember when we Remember when? <gasps> this would be a good one to listen back to. Like when I was in the midst of it, I was like, imagine when all these memories come up on Facebook in a year. And you're mm. like, remember when mm. lockdown? Yeah. So Amanda's family, um, I would exclude kids. Is that yeah. That's, well, that's always the first thing that people ask that even if they did get it, we didn't know because that was symptom free the yeah. whole time. That's probably so. Amanda and her husband Rob had COVID nineteen. The Rona. She visited our house hard. Yeah. So I'm gonna push the buttons today and ask a few questions. I feel like I'm absolutely in the hot seat because of the way I feel as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So tell me, how did COVID nineteen get into your house? Rob had gone to the USA for work. And the two places he visited were Chicago and New York, which we know now to be the hardest hit places in America. We don't know where he got it from, but no one he was with in the States ended up being sick. So we think it was from, he flew through JFK in New York on the way home. So we think it was probably at JFK or LA or maybe the flight, but probably JFK airport. Um, given that just also given the timing when he was at JFK and then when the symptoms started and all that kind of stuff. So, um, And it's important to note that he flew home on Friday the 13th of March and Sunday the 15th of March is when the travel ban came out and things started to really hit the fan here in Australia. So what I mean by that is when he landed on the 13th, there was nothing said to him at the airport in in America. ironic, right? Right. Everyone in America was super chill. He's like, no one's got masks. No one's freaking out. It's all fine here. And so it went from that to lockdown very quickly. But when, like, we were obviously quite in contact during this period, kind of like the bushfire, constant updates. And it blew my mind that he just, like, walked through the airport. Nothing. There wasn't even a sign at the airport to say you should go straight home. But literally, two days later, bang. Yeah. Well, no, like... A day by Saturday night. So he flew in at, I don't know, 8.30 Friday morning. Saturday night, the cough started. No, no, no. I mean, um, that in oh, the, the world, Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, on, you come in at after 12 o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah, this, this is was the timeline. On Wednesday, I called him in America and I said, because he was supposed to go back. He was home for a week to go back again. Yes. Yeah, so and I we... called him and I said, I think you should stay. And he said, why? And I said, I don't think you're going to be able to get back there. So... It was a time where I wasn't like, get home and stay home. It was still like, things are fine, but I don't think you'll be able to get back. So gauge how important your work is, talk to your boss. And we have people that he can go and stay with. So I was like, I think you should just stay. We were going to do it to start with. It's the safest option. Um, and things went from that to him having that conversation with his boss and his boss going, no, no, it's 
you know, we're good. And then the next day an email came out in his company that was like, listen, everybody chill. We're keeping abreast of everything. It's fine. Cause they travel a lot. There's a few of them that travel a lot. So Wednesday was me going, Hey, you might want to have a conversation with your boss to then the email coming up saying travel's still okay, but just chill and be careful to that was Thursday to Friday being get home. Um, oh no, sorry. To then the timeline of being Sunday, Ooh. lockdown, you can't go back Ooh. and no one's traveling and wear a mask and wash your hands and all the crazy and let's so, get Australians home. And I was thinking about this the other day. Imagine if he had stayed the turmoil of, well, he, he would have been had with friends of mine to start with. I know. And he, you know, let's say he, he's had coronavirus and he's stuck with your friends yeah, and he's given it to all of them. It's just so and many, then he's got to try and get home because mm-hmm. the international flights were being, yep. He would have caught the trying to get home before. And I've yeah. had friends that were overseas and literally I have a, I have a friend that traveled from, where was she? she was in, she reckons that everywhere she landed, she had to like land in a few, she was quite far away. She was two hours ahead of the travel ban or whatever. So her flights yeah. kept getting delayed and changed and she'd just get on a flight before they were like lockdown. And she said she felt mm. like she was doing that for the 24 hours it took her to get home. So mm. that would have been Rob for sure. Particularly that LA went into, you know, he was flying through LA um, and New York went through, went into it pretty quickly. They went from fine to nobody leave the house pretty quickly. Mm. Well, it's like everywhere in the world, I suppose. Yeah, but you know that being so when he got home and i just keep thinking thank god he got home on a friday if he had got home on wednesday i would have sent the kids to school because things weren't Mm. up in arms Mm, mm, mm. Mm. and imagine me having to call the school and go but let's be honest you did have that conversation and you i don't think you will because you said to me when he gets home we're going to go into lockdown. Like we have made the decision ourselves that we will isolate ourselves for 14 days. Yeah. Yeah. But that was me making that decision until yeah. Rob gets home and he's like, this is a crock as ever. It's fine. No. And he's like, I've been to America. I've seen it. No one's freaking out. No one's wearing masks. Yeah. Everyone, what are you talking about? And I, and I so know. it was really, I, I think your mother instincts would have been like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sending my kids. <sighs> And look, I think so because before he got home, mind, you had said to me, yeah, that you were going to keep the kids at home. Oh yeah, okay. See, I before don't remember he that. got yeah, before he got home, you said that to me. So and certainly I by that, Sunday, I'd emailed the school and said schools were open. So keeping in mind, this was still just a travel ban. Schools were open. We could go where we wanted. And by Sunday, I had decided. Oh, no, but he was coughing and stuff by then. But I had decided. But the feeling of risking it got too much for me mm. and i'd emailed the school and said we could be gone anywhere between three to 14 days we're just going to stay home and see what unravels here mm. so yeah you're probably right i probably would have uh, yeah i don't i absolutely don't think you would have. or you would have called me and said are you we stupid would have <laughs> spoken about this for sure <laughs> this would have yeah. been broken down and pulled apart and pulled back together and, and, and ended just... in us all being i know just the thought to be honest and it's so stupid but i was like oh my god i'm going to be in this house with my kids for two weeks and now, look, we are in it for a long we're time. Just, that's just our life now. That I know. is the seems, life now. Seems like a silly thought now. And the whole world. Yeah, anyone listening stuff. to this replay so far down the track, the whole world was in this situation. Yeah. I'll skip forward a little bit. So when Rob started becoming, like being able to walk around and stuff again, he started getting better. He walked in. I was in the bathroom and he walked in and he looked at me and he kind of smirked. And I go, why? And he goes, 
still worth it. I had the best fun over there. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Maybe don't say that to people. You know, yeah. it's a bit insensitive. But I think he, I think he was so relieved to feel better. That yeah. he was just like looking back the and hindsight and yeah, all those yeah. things. Yeah. I bet you he's happy that he got home when he did. Yeah, looking back, yeah. Imagine being sick in someone else's house. The pits. So oh tell no. me, I know that you <laughs> saw people in this period, like your neighbours. Yeah. yeah. Did they ever end up getting coronavirus? No, it was a bit nerve-wracking for a minute because their five-year-old, their kids love Rob and... <laughs> Like ours don't, but I just mean like they, yeah, yeah. and he'd been away and we spent a lot of time with them and we went into, they looked after our kids and they offered to look after our kids while we went out to dinner, which was so nice. And we'd contemplate, it was a really rainy day here in Sydney and I, everything in me was like, let's just stay home. And then I was like, we were like, you know what? We always stay home. This is dumb. So this is still how we're thinking. No one's locked down. Everything's open. It's just there, but it's not a thing. And, um, they had said that, and so they looked after the kids. We went to the restaurant. While we were at the restaurant, Rob started getting a bit of a dry cough. And even the how he was coughing, I was like, this can't be it. Like, this is not. It's, you know, when you travel, and he's like, it's probably just my nose being stuck in the sinus, sinus from the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, 24 hours, I'll be fine. And so we went to their house, and their daughter sat on his lap and was talking to him. And he started coughing more. And I was like, oh, we're going to go. Like, Still probably not, but let's just go. And anyway, that week, their daughter had started coughing a little bit and I didn't tell him because he was sick and it would have completely, Mm. yeah. But anyway, eventually I said, oh, I think they think she's feeling a little unwell. And he was like, on the place he went to in his mind, I was like, I'm just not going to mention that again. Anyway, they ended up getting her tested and I didn't tell her him that they were getting her tested. Um, And then it came back negative. She had something else that caused the cough and the same kind of symptoms. But in that time that we thought that could, and my girlfriend's pregnant with their third child. So in the time of thinking that that could all be unraveling in there. And, and also they had to self-isolate because they'd been in contact with what is considered a close contact of a confirmed mm. case. And so we were at this point, they were the only people we'd seen and gone to the restaurant. And believe me guys, when I say it was a decision we went over in our mind over and over and over and replayed and beat ourselves up and just got to the point where we had to put it behind us because we didn't have control of it anymore. It was just something that we did. Um, And even just those two things that we did, uh, the thought of how much it could have spread and how we impacted people I think that also helped with the decision of let's just stay the hell home. Like this is not even close to being worth it. So looking back now and seeing the impact of the curve mm. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Does that freak you out more now going, Oh my God, we went to our neighbors. We went to the restaurant. <clears throat> so now I've had this period where, you know, me and those of you who are listening that know me, I'm just a, deal like I'm like give me no drug deal I deal with life so mm. you know give me the facts of what's going on right now mm-hmm. and I will deal with it and it's the best way I know how to cope mm-hmm. and so in the moment of it I was like for sure with our neighbors and the restaurant and stuff we went to that place we were like oh my god why were we so dumb why did we do this um 
but in the moment, even when we were sick, I, I just keep doing mental checks. Am I sick enough to go to hospital? No. Are the kids sick yet? No. Is someone able to look after the kids? Yep. Rob's, you know, those things where you go, okay, this is yeah. the data that I have to deal with today. Yep. Can I get out of bed? Let me try. Oh, no, back to bed. Like, you know, the things that I know to be true. And it wasn't until I got through that and I started feeling better and I started getting back to my normal routine and, and for sure I contributed to doing a session of yoga and having some movement and an, and an emotional release that I look back and go, holy crap, I've been saying the words, this could have been a million times worse, but the impact of those words and the reality of those words really hit me afterwards. And I had to give it a moment to process to go, this could have been worse. Like this, our kids could have got it we could have gone to hospital, which would be the suckiest place to be when you're that sick. Mm. Um, you know, Rob's had pneumonia before. He still thinks that his bout of pneumonia was worse than Corona that he got. And so he was worried about it heading to that because he knows what that feels like. Right. Mm. So he jumps mm. forward to that. But I was just like, do I feel better today? No. And when I was bad in the peak of my symptoms, it got to like day three of being in the peak of my symptoms. <laughs> I went to that place where I was like, well, this is it. This is how sick I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And instead of an active mum, my boys now have a mum that's in bed all day with chronic fatigue or whatever the hell this is going to turn into. And this is now my, you know, when you're so sick that you're just like, this is it. And I had to really consciously try to stay out of that because I was, and then I just keep going, okay, tomorrow you feel better. And when I didn't, when I didn't get any reward from my positive thinking, that's when I started to spiral. And I was like, okay, what is going on? I just started reaching out to people going, how can you make me better? What can you do to help? And um, yeah, it's, but I still, I think I still stayed in a pretty healthy place of, okay, these are the facts. Are you worse? No, that was just the question I just kept asking myself. Are you worse? No. Nope. Okay. We're good. Just do another day. So I think someone who kind of was like day by day yeah. Yeah. involved, um, Rob did seem to recover. Yes. Faster than you. However, we're not going to be sexist here, but when men are sick, we allow them to rest. You uh, know, we yeah, do. You, you didn't we, give me a serving, but you gave me a talking to. We, yes, yes, yes. This is where I'm uh, going. And Rob and my, it's important to mention that Rob and my symptoms were completely different. Absolutely. So while I, I, my sister rang me. She's like, you don't even look sick. And I was like, no, yeah. but I feel like I'm going to faint. And I, yeah. I had to check and go, no, these symptoms are real. Because I yeah, feel yeah. like when I'm lying in bed, I kind of feel like I should be able to get up and do stuff. And then I would and I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. No way. And you yeah. have to, I know where you're going with it. You can tell. So, you know, and he was in bed for probably nearly the four days. Yeah. You know, where he was able to just. Literally had food delivered to rest. him and just rested, which I'm proud so of. So then yeah. Amanda sort of, you know, they did lap over a little bit at one point where Amanda was starting to go downhill because the memo that I got was, uh, no, I can't podcast today because. My brain was really foggy too. That was when I was yeah. like, is this real? I'm like, I can't really put a thought together or remember anything. That's, that was something for me. So then I would get the snap, you know, I'm just getting the kids breakfast. And by day two, I had literally pulled this shit into mine. And I was like, you know what you need to do? You need to get back in bed. You need to have those solid three days, maybe four and just, Rest. Well, I think your specific words were, yeah, that's all good. And I know you're going because I knew where you were going. And I was like, it's okay. I'm going back to bed now. And you're like, yeah, except it's one o'clock. And you've already spent the morning feeding your kids, playing a game with them. 
And I know you think that's resting, but it's not. So getting to bed and the next day, that was the best thing. Cause the next day I literally just, I think the next two or three days I stayed in bed. The yes, whole, I was did. like, nah, you did. Yeah. And I think too, looking back, you did last longer. I know your symptoms were different. hundred oh, percent. But you were longer. And yeah. I was saying, you're longer because you're not listening. <laughs> in bed. So, yeah. And Rob seemed to have symptoms that were like the cough, the flu, the, yeah. the things and yours you get. Yours the eyes. And- oh, my God. Do you know, this is going to sound really stupid, but I went to shave under my arms yesterday. And I remembered the pain of trying to do that when I had corona. When I looked down, I nearly passed out from the pain yeah. of the muscle behind my eyes. Mm. Um, and so for me, I think it, the best way I can explain it for anyone who's had glandular fever, it was like glandular fever on steroids. It was just like, and I don't know if it's because I'd had glandular fever 18 months ago that that's what flared up for me, but I've got no idea. And they don't seem to know when I told them that I'd had it, they didn't think that was like a pre-existing condition that would affect it. But for sure in my recovery, I still think it is. And, and now I feel that, but it was like that on steroids. It was just, I needed to sleep and I thought I was going to pass out and everything was sore. Like I've never had muscle soreness without a fever. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget the number one symptom of all time. No smell or taste. So while you know you have to eat well, well? yeah. And so while you know you have to eat well, it's the freaking last thing you want to do because you can't taste anything. I think that's a perfect time to eat all those things that you don't like. But when I said that to you, you're like, I like everything. Yeah, there's not really any food I... I don't like Brussels sprouts, so I reckon I would have just eaten them. Yeah. And all you've got, someone said they made a good point to me. They said it was someone who had coronavirus and she messaged me, someone from social media, and she's like... Have a go pour yourself a big glass of mineral water with lemon in it because all you've got is texture now. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. so right. It's only like the feel of it. So it had to feel good or I was out. If it was slimy, I'm funny with slimy foods. I'm like, mm. nah. and then because all I could taste was pretty much salt and chili, all I wanted was carbs. Mm. Mm. But, and I, I actually, and something interesting, and you guys out there, and this is a good health tip for you when you get sick, uh, not with Corona, like just generally. So I've lost a lot of strength and lying in that bed, I knew I was wasting away like my, and everything I'd built. And I looked back at photos and videos and now, and I'm like, Oh my God, I was so strong. Like I knew I worked really hard to be strong, but my physique was strength. Like it was so, I didn't even realize like, and now I've spent a week eating probably foods. I wouldn't normally a lot of, like I've really banked up my nutrition to get energy into me not because I want to go and run 10 Ks next week, but because I do want to start to build my strength and I need that in me because I have just, I was waking up starving. So I knew my body was depleting, like so hungry. I was going to pass that. You know, when you're like making your breakfast and you're standing at the bench and you're like, I just have to get these bites in until I feel. Yeah. Those of you with kids, it's usually when your kids are screaming at you that they don't want to eat and you're trying to shove the food into their mouth. Cause you know that that's the thing that will solve. Yeah. It was that hunger. Like, so I knew my body was very depleted, even though I was trying to eat well, and but I was probably skipping meals and fluids and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was. So us. do we you still have different... contact with the health department? No, I got discharged on Monday. And then that's it. You just don't hear. That's from it. Well, that's a whole freaking saga. But um, the kids got referred to the Westmead Children's Hospital. Yeah. Just in, well, because at that point, Luke had coughed a couple of times, and I was like. It would usually be nothing because he gets hay fever. But I was like, oh, why is he coughing? What's anyway? So we just thought that would be the safest thing to do. Yeah. Um, they ended up deeming it 
not necessarily to have the kids tested. And I agreed with that. That wasn't something I disagreed with because they also gave me a mobile number to call if things went south. And also the West Media set up that you can just walk in and get your kids tested and yeah, you don't need a referral. So, and we're pretty close. So, you know, knowing that was a pretty good security, but while the kids were happy, they were really freaked out about getting tested. So I was like, that's not worth, you know, setting them back emotionally yeah. when yeah. I can see that they're healthy and fine and they're eating and ticking all the boxes. Yeah. Um, the f- thing I find bizarre and it's changed. The thing that became evident, anyone who's worked in health and particularly public health, um, you'll know that everything's a process and a system and it takes time and it takes 500 people to check it off. And, um, and while once we were in the system, we were impressed and sure there were things like we were supposed to get text messages every day and we didn't, but we weren't dying. So that's fine. We also had a number to call. So if things went south. We had a plan of action. And at the start, they told us that we'd have to, get tested twice within 24 hours and return mm, two negative results that. before we were let out. And we were yep. like, at the time we were like, what a pain in the ass. But I was like, I get it. It's fine. And then it turned into, well, you just tell us when you're three days symptom free and yes. we'll sign you off and let you out into the world. And I was like, huh? Like, so I'm how an educated much woman. So the I system can... changed from when you first were unwell. A stupid to... way to release people that have had coronavirus. Yeah. Because I know. Even I, who know, me who knows the, my body and who knows anatomy and who knows physiology and who understands sickness and health, yeah. even I was like, is this coronavirus or is this just me? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear my son? So for, those that, for everyone listening, we do this at home and we will <laughs> just want to record these and get them out to you the easiest way possible or it won't get done so you will occasionally hear background noise just you know don't worry i just sent a message to sam i saw you wow. start typing and i was like yeah <laughs> control that please and delete that child from uh being this podcast <laughs> and alter his behavior because it needs to change he did say um, it was very important yeah I bet it was. I bet. Um, yeah, so uh, we were very uneasy about that, but we just continued to live like we have it. Obviously, it means we can get our own supplies, but I'm not high-fiving anyone at the shops. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was us. And I, I, the thing that people asked about the most was like, oh, my God, how are the kids? And the kids' resilience during – and, you know, there's, a, there's certainly been a lot of times where I've thought about it and gone, oh, we've done good work here preparing the kids. Yeah. For parenting to show them resilience and, and gratitude. If it's and- anything that I have learned from working with um, a local school counsellor, like from putting, like going through the bushfires, not putting yeah. the kids through it, but that they, they have said when there is a heightened situation and kids, you know, they know, they pick up on everything. They we need, learn yeah. this when you become a parent that yeah. They become spongy and when you are stressed, they become stressed yeah. and everyone's levels start raising. But when there is a very stressful, heightened situation, kids really become kids and yeah. they adapt and they yeah. take a step back and then they True. just jump back into where they were when the situation is resolved. Yeah. So my kids, when Rob was sick, were amazing. And yeah. for those of you that followed along my stories and stuff, you would have seen like Arlo opening the door and saying, Papa, your dinner's here. I love okay. you. Bye. And, she, and everyone yeah. was like, oh my God. It's so well behaved and so good and got along and was saying things like when Papa's, and I hate talking about being sick. And yeah. so their verbiage was often, 
I didn't mind them talking about Rob being sick, but they started saying things like we're sick and we've got Corona. I'm like, you don't have coronavirus. Like you are healthy and fit and fine. Um, so that was really important to me. I started really diligently practicing gratitude with them every day. So every night when we went to bed, it was three things they're grateful for, which we do like in the car or like on the way to school. I generally use it if their behavior is bad because it flips them. But something interesting that's happened is that their gratitudes just have started changing. So where before I was going, let's try and do a couple of gratitudes that aren't, I'm grateful for that toy I got. I'm grateful because I got a new, has now turned into, I'm grateful that I've got a warm bed. I'm grateful that mum and dad mm. are feeling better. I'm grateful for all the people that gifted us things mm. when you know you guys were sick and now we have fun things to play with. And it shifted their mindset a little bit. And just the ability of them to adapt in that, you know, we got really good advice when dad, when my dad passed away, he was on life support and we had to make some decisions. And my son was 11 months old and my sister had two young kids. Um, I guess a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And we asked the doctor, what do we do? Like when we go to turn off the machines, mm. I'm going to go, this is, we went deep. Here we go. When mm. we go to turn off the machines, what do we do with our kids? And the doctors and the council's advice was you bring them in. You bring them into the hospital to see him with the tubes and everything. Mm. And you bring them in when that happens, because if you leave them home, what they're going to make up in their mind mm -hmm. is a thousand times worse. Absolutely. Because all they're going to hear is non-nor's sick, non-nor's dying, non-nor. And then they put images in their head that who knows where they plucked them from. Absolutely. But if you bring them to see it and they see the reality and, they, and I mm -hmm. talk about this all the time and they get the actual data of what's mm -hmm. happening, that was really difficult. And 11 month old, halfway through, you know, watching the process of the actual action of turning the machines off. My best friend was there. I had to take Wiccan out and go, I, I can't focus on him right now. Like you've got to have yeah. yeah. And certainly for the other kid but you know and even at the funeral my nephew went up and looked in the hole of where dad was being buried and he's like oh is this where non-law's going and just talking about it like it was fact yeah but I think looking back it has helped them put things in perspective and deal and also know that they can have the conversation so yeah, I think it's a fine line between we don't want to raise kids as adults no 100 but they need to yeah. be educated and there's a time and a place where yeah. I know hands down 12 months ago I was the dismissive parent um someone one of the kids would ask about something and I'd be like oh you don't need to worry you about don't that. need to know about that now yeah you don't need to worry about that like that is just a yeah. um but through everything that we've been through in the last six months yeah when they ask the question now I engage in the conversation yeah because they're asking I for still, a reason give them the facts for a child. Yes. Um, but then when they feel like they've got enough information and enough tools, then they yeah. shut it down and we move on. And I think coronavirus in our house and bushfires at your house are two very different things. But the, the similarities I see is well, like what I was talking about with Arlo. The kids are seeing it every day. The kids are looking out your window and seeing shit on mm. fire everywhere. Mm. So you can't go, oh, don't worry about it. Like I can't mm -hmm. open the door to Rob being really sick in bed and then knowing that yeah. coronavirus exists and asking them to join those dots. Mm -hmm. I have to be like, this is the situation. Papa's mm -hmm. okay. Can you see him? He's good. I don't need yeah. to take him to hospital. We're okay, but this is serious and I need you guys to help out. Yeah. Um, and this is what's happening in the world. I did eventually take it a step further because then I realized that we had actually isolated, like we spoke about that timeline at a time that 
the world started to shut down. And mm. so we were safe in our home in control of what we were telling our kids 24-7. Mm. Um, so I had to actually really consciously think, and you would have had to do this after you evacuated too, oh, what's the information I actually need to tell them to ease mm. their mind or to keep them educated so that when we go back into the world, it's not a shock. Mm. Or when you go back home, that they're not like, what the hell happened, mum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's real. It's a fine. It's hard to know, but I think you'd just be guided by, you know, their reactions. You can tell if it's too much for kids, and yeah. you just. And look, we hard. all parent differently. Hundred percent. Yeah. We're all going to give the facts differently. Yeah. It's all, um, and whether you choose to give the facts or not. So, kudos to you as a parent. Right. No, no judgment. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, we just, uh, yes, you could look at it as a way that we've been lucky enough to have these situations where we've had to explore it and have the conversations with our kids and you know what be, I like, come out the other way okay. I'm not lucky. I used the word lucky and it's not, it didn't sit right. But, you know, uh, I was going to say fortunate, but that sounded really wanky. No, I was yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, that's I us. That's coronavirus. Um, and now we're fit and healthy. And Rob's doing a workout a day. And Beck's yeah. going to give me a workout for next week that I can try and walk through. Yep. See how Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> I think that after this podcast, if you have any further questions, you can comment um, to ask anything else. If you're yeah. watching, listening to it in live time as we, the I'm world is going yeah. through this. Um, but even if you're listening somewhere down the track, and something you want to know that we can podcast on further, please do so on our Instagram. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Be kind. Remember that people who are setting up procedures and protocols are just trying to do their job. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening today. Catch you next time. Bye. It's really interesting for me to reflect back uh, on the time that you know we got this thing that's affecting the whole world and to just talk about it it's certainly awesome to talk about it like it's in the past if anything triggered for you during that and you want to know more about symptoms or processes or anything like that please reach out to me on my social media i am an open book um i'll put it in the show notes and as well uh, follow beck and i on our personal pages as well as control alt delete because we will share everything from health tips habit tips and Head to Beck's page for some fitness tips and workouts that I'll be using or I am using to get back to full strength and full health. But in the meantime, stay safe, be kind and look after yourselves and we will catch you on Monday.